You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of the HR Mavericks podcast. I'm Garrett Justice, and today I'm joined by Tim Reitzma, who's the general manager and also a podcast host, fellow podcast host, over at People Managing People. Tim, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. How are things going with you? Doing great today. Yeah, sunshine in. It's a hot one outside today, so it's going good. We're glad to have you on the show today. And before we jump into our topic, which I'm super excited about, I want you to tell our listeners just a little bit more about you and your background and also about people managing people, the company and the podcast. Yeah, it sounds good. Well, about a little bit about me. My career has taken me all over the place, various different positions. If you think of a squiggly line, you just think of that exaggerated. I've been in, at one point, a youth pastor. I've been in sales. I've been in operations, quality assurance, tech support. Then I ventured off into consulting and people and culture. Then ended up in in HR, in the director role. And now as the general manager of people managing people. One thing when I look back at my career, people ask me, how did that happen? I often laugh and go, I say yes to a lot of opportunities, <laughs> but, uh, but I think my passion for the intersect of people and process has, has really been at the forefront. One of my core values is curiosity. And I just love to, to dig into certain topics and certain areas. And I think that has allowed me to play in in a lot of different careers, a lot of different fields. That's awesome. So before I, I want to hear a little more people managing people also, but before you jump over to that, I want to ask you just a little bit more, because a lot of times I like to ask a lot of our guests, what drew you to the HR or people space? So because you've had all these different experiences, it seems like you've gravitated towards that a little bit more as you've you know advanced in your career. So what about that space has kind of drew you? Yeah. I can't say I intended to be in the people space at all. It, it just didn't even cross my mind. When I went to school, I wanted to study business. I wanted to study operations process. But I quickly realized early on in some process consulting that you know we can make the best process possible, but unless we have our people behind it, it's not going to change. You know, unless we you know, now introduce AI and, and automate everything. But guess what? Still, there's still people behind those engines, those machines. And so that's what really drew me into people leadership. I, I was presented an opportunity early on in my career to lead a diverse team and uh, across the globe. And I said, sure. I had no idea what I was doing. I quickly <laughs> realized I had no idea what I was doing, but I had to figure it out. Our HR team at the time was just way too small for the size of company. And luckily I had a great mentor, somebody to help me and guide me, as well as a community of peers to, to help me along the way. And that had just really drew me into this idea of how do we best support our people? How do we best support our teams, our leaders? So through that lens of people and HR is that lens of coaching and mentoring and growing our teams, but also growing our leader muscle. Yeah. It's easy to say, awesome. Yeah, great. I'll take that promotion. And now, wow, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea how to lead somebody who's in Germany, Japan or China or North America. And yet we have to, we're kind of thrusted in to figure it out. So I love that. And if I can just comment on that real quick, because one of the things, you know, in talking to so many different small business 
you know, owners, leaders, as well as like HR people. One of the things that I've really noticed through doing that the last few years is the business owners and leaders that I feel like really get it and who are on the forefront realize that while the process, I say process, you say process, Canadian versus American here, right? That while the process of running a business and the operations is vital and important, the foundation of everything is people, right? And it doesn't matter what industry you're in and your business you're in. Like, and that's what I love about what you just said. It's interesting seeing your kind of evolution of, you know, that process operations and still having that, but then realizing so much of that just relies on having the right people, helping them be successful. And I think that sometimes, you know, you forget that in the early days of a business and, you know, it's all about if you're the entrepreneur, the founder, right, you start it, you're grinding, and then it evolves a little bit. And eventually your job has to evolve from doing the work to building the team, from building the business to building the team, right? So I love that from what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. It's you've got to evolve that business, but also putting in a support for people who've never maybe led a team before. Yeah. And knowing that, yeah, they're great at their job. They're great at their current position, reading spreadsheets or, you know, whatever that looks like doing crunching numbers or, you know, creating widgets on a production line. But, but are they set up for success when now leading this, leading a team that you vitally need them to lead? So good. So good. Well, so tell us a little bit more about your current role right now and what People Managing People does. Yeah, currently I lead a small team here at People Managing People as the general manager. And we're part of a larger media company called Black and White Zebra or BWZ.com, not Z, but (laughs) Z.com. And so I started back in, in 2019 really as the podcast host, chief opinions officer. And, you know, it was a guy who you know, have some ideas about strategy. And I came on full time back in 2021 when the publication really started to get traction. We've really pivoted our publication, our digital publication into this theme about how can we help you, whether you're a small business owner or an HR or a new leader, how can we help you build a better world of work? That is how we framed our publication and even built out our menus and, and our offerings. We have you know, 80 plus how-to articles and our template library is growing similar to what you have at HR, at EHR and, and the mm-hmm. Mavericks. And so we just really want to help people um, build and create happy, healthy, and productive workplaces. That I is the mandate at people managing people. And so we've got our publication. We also have our tool lists. You know, if you're looking for software, we've got the list for you. Every week we keep adding to that library. And we have our podcast, which is really about how to build a better world of work through that lens of leadership in HR. And, you know, just a little plug there. We've had a recent member of EDHR on the podcast. You got to go check it out. It's a great episode on employee onboarding. Yeah. And with Jordan on our team. Who's awesome. Yeah, Jordan Bugart, such a fun podcast. And, you know, I'm a little jealous that he gets to go mountain biking, you know, most days it's <laughs> up and hits, hits the trails. So that, that was a fun episode. And, and then we have a small community and we're looking to kind of repivot that community into a need around new manager support. And awesome. Uh, so, so that's a little bit about us. Awesome. Well, it's definitely needed. So it's a great space that you're in. And, you know, we, Tim and I were just talking before we jumped on here that we really feel like 
you know, what we're doing with HR Mavericks and trying to do there is so closely aligned with what you're doing. And we see a lot of synergies there. So hopefully, you know, we can continue to help each other work together on that. So, well, I'm excited to jump into this topic. You kind of pitched this topic of this idea of resilience and specifically the three cornerstones of resilience. So before we jump into the meat of it, tell me a little bit more about what you mean by the word resilience and why you want to talk about that today. Yeah, it's been something that's been on my mind for many years. Throughout my, you know, I went to university later on in life in my late 20s. And so I had to figure out resilience pretty quickly, trying to get my brain back into actually how to write an exam, which almost didn't happen. But (laughs) but for me, even just by the definition, I think we should start there. It's our ability to work through a crisis and return to a pre-crisis state. So in its simplest terms, it's, you know, there's a crisis. And I think one thing to note right off the bat is what's a crisis for me might not be a crisis for you, Gary. Yeah. So something that that I am struggling with and I see as a crisis, when I feel like I'm in that fight, flight or freeze mode, you might look at that and go, oh, what's the big deal? So I think that's really important to understand that when we look at resilience as and define it as getting to that pre-crisis state, we're all so uniquely different. And I think that's where we need to start. So for me... I, you know, we've, why it's so important, I think, to talk about now is just look at the world around us. We know that there's pandemic that's still going on. We know there's wars in this world. We know that there's, there's inflation, which is just out of control. We know that there's just so much going on and it affects us all differently. Yeah. And I think it's so, so important that, well, again, like I said, we recognize that it affects us differently. But if we're going through that crisis, that we have a framework in order to help us navigate that crisis to get back to that pre-crisis state. So that's where I came up with the three cornerstones or the three pillars, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. Great. I love it. Well, I think you're absolutely right on that point. And I would just point out too that, you know, I think resilience is needed from a personal standpoint for most people today with the craziness going on in the world. But I would also, you know, as we bring that to businesses and especially small businesses, man, there's so much resilience needed because there's constant changes. And I like that word crisis too, because again, there's so many things that are challenges or crises that individuals and teams and small businesses face as a result of the craziness going on in the world, but also just as a result of being a vulnerable small business that's trying to grow and trying to build something, right? And so I think that, you know, it's absolutely crucial for everyone at this time, but especially for those in small business that need this framework, not only in their personal lives, but also to be successful in work, right? Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't be more right on that either. It's, you know, when we think about a small business and running a small business and, we know labor shortages, we know supply chain issues, we know market constraints, and yet, you know, we have payroll to make. We need to support our people, as we talked about at the beginning. And it's hard, man, is it hard. And what's even harder is when we are trying to do it by ourselves, yeah. alone. And that's where, you know, the three pieces that, that I had come up with is reflecting, reframing, and reaching out. And so, in my own personal life throughout this pandemic, you know, unfortunately I had COVID, I was out of work, off work for a month. It took me another three months to get back into full swing. Plus, you know, I live with an autoimmune condition called Crohn's disease that came mm. back full force. 
Yeah. So to me, that's a crisis. Yeah. I was like, how am I going to get back to work? How can I make sure I'm you know, going to be able to support my family? But you know, I had to pause and just sit back and reflect on the situation. Okay, what's going on? What's in my control? What's not in my control? I had to reframe this. Okay, so now I'm, you know, I'm at the center of this, but how do I reframe it to say, okay, what could I be doing about this? What else is there? What mm-hmm. other support is there? And then reaching out. I don't know about you, but I know for me, if I'm going through something, I usually just put my head down and I just try to work it out by myself. And my wife, my partner calls me out on that all the time. Just, You're miserable. Go and talk to one of your friends or your mentors. And so it's so, so important to, to reach out for that support. Yeah. Not so good. So those three steps again, reflecting, reframing, and then reaching out. And so I love each of those, I think that makes total sense. And when you can think about that framework in the moment, I think that can help you progress through each of those stages and get through, you know, whatever crisis it is that you're going through with that resilience. So specifically, I want to bring that framework to, you know, a high performance culture, right? So how, what's an example of how you apply that or, you know, as a small business owner, as an HR person, how do you apply that to not only yourself, but at a company level to help people know how to go through this process to be more resilient? For me, it starts with our leaders and our leadership. So if you're a small business and you're the sole leader, it starts with you. If you are you know, leading a small team or a large team or you're in HR, it starts with us. And that sounds daunting and it's hard, but you know, a real example, this just happened quite recently is I was off my game pretty recently and I work in a hybrid environment today. I'm at home, but we have an office. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the office a few weeks back and somebody on the on leadership team pulled me aside and just said, Hey Tim, what's going on? Your energy is different than normal. To me, that is high performance in, yeah. in culture. That's the recognition that something has shifted within a member of the team and somebody had the care and compassion and the empathy to reach out and say, Hey, what's going on? Yeah. Again, for me, I was going, I was, (laughs) I felt myself entering into this crisis state and that, that actually by this person pausing or sort of making me pause, I was able to reflect and I reframed the situation. I reached out to a good friend of mine who then helped me reframe everything. But, but that's where it starts. Yeah. And, you know, so often, and I get into this too, is here's the mechanics of the day, the mechanics of the week. This is what the goals, this is what needs to get done. We all say we're fast moving and fast paced. And, but if we're too fast, who gets left behind? Is somebody getting left behind? And I think that's so, so important to, to remember is, you know, take a look at our teams, pause. Even today, if you're listening to this, pause somebody being really quiet on Slack, you know, not showing up even on a Zoom meeting or a video conference call like they've normally been, check in with them. Yeah. So So good. And so maybe if I can take a stab at something real quick, what I heard you say is, again, the three steps here are reflecting, reframing, and reaching out. But sometimes that reaching out has to 
come at the very beginning as well, right? If you notice someone is in a little bit of a funk, they might be in a personal or work crisis, reaching out to them to help them identify that and then helping them understand this process of how they can reflect, reframe, and then continue to reach out to someone else or you again to help them with that issue. Sometimes it starts and ends with that reaching out, right? Absolutely. It's not a linear path. It's okay. I feel like I'm in a crisis. So the first R is what? No, it could be, you you could, for me, this is what's worked for me is rearranging these in different orders at, at different times. It depends on the situation. And, and sometimes, you know, when we look at our teams, a team member might even not know that they're heading for this crisis state. Yeah. You might notice that they're agitated. Somebody recently on my team was very agitated. So I had to reach out. How's it going? Yeah. And, they sh- and we had a great conversation and we're able to go, okay, how, what are we going to do to work past that? Let's have that conversation. And yes, I think it's still up to our team members to, to hear what, what they need to hear, but also then take ownership of it. And, yeah. and you know, us leaders, there might be a leader saying, well, I've got a team of 15 people. I can't do this for every single person. So, well, it's part of our role as a leader is to guide and coach and grow our teams and inspire them, but also encourage people to take, take the driver's seat in that career as well. Yeah. That's so good. One of the things I liked that you said previously was that, you know, it really starts with, you know, people leaders or HR leaders at the company doing it themselves, right? So what's the one thing you would say that today we can do as HR or people leaders or business leaders to just be more resilient ourselves? Well, to be more resilient ourselves, I think it still comes down to the recognition of something has changed maybe in your reactions or your, your demeanor. And it comes with that, that self-awareness, which isn't necessarily that hard or that easy, sorry, to, to develop but exercising that, that muscle, you know, after a meeting, taking a pause, how did I show up? You know, at the end of your day, maybe even journal it down. You know, how did I show up today? Did I show up the way that, that I needed to show up? And if not, what's getting in the way? Yeah. Start recognizing that pattern. Is there a pattern? Is there something that you need to go and talk to your leader about, or maybe find a coach or a great friend? I would caution the reaching out piece and being careful on who you reach out to. I can get in a big complaining uh, fit and I'm going to phone up a friend who's going to go, yeah, you're right, Tim, let's go. Uh, Is that really the person who's now serving my best interest or we're just getting each other worked up? Yeah. So it's so important to, to be able to reach out to, you know, people who we trust and who are there to maybe challenge our perception, challenge our beliefs. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I think the goal of reaching out to someone should ideally be to get another perspective on how you can overcome the crisis, not fuel it, right? And make it yeah. bigger. And I think that happens so often that many of us, you know, a friend calls us up or we call a friend and you kind of build off each other and say, can you can't believe this happened? Can you believe it? Right. When in the end of the day, like the, the point of reaching out here is again, as a, a step in overcoming that crisis, right. Not fueling it further. So I think it's a great point. Go ahead. No. Yeah. I just wanted to build on that. I think you're absolutely right. And so when I was thinking about the simple framework, I was thinking about, well, here's, you know, re- re- reflect, reframe and reach out, but what are the potential threats to this framework? One of them is control. 
you know, I'm here to control this situation. So again, you know, when we are into this crisis state, or if you're leading a team and you are entering into, you're feeling something has changing in yourself, don't fight it, you know, but yeah. also don't compromise. Don't just throw up your hands and say, oh, well, because guaranteed, you know, month, two months, three months, you're probably not going to be that happy. So, yeah. So there's the opposite of the side of things is just, you know, to watch out for. Yeah, that's really good. Any other pitfalls or things to watch out for as you use this framework to, you know, become more resilient? Well, for myself, I, you know, I was preparing for this podcast and went for a walk this morning and went, am I actually living this? And upon self-reflection, man, I've got work to do and that's okay. Yeah. And I think that's the part of control that we often you know, and I'm generalizing here, we, we might not want to give up. I've got this. I've got so much self-awareness. I don't care about that. So I think it starts with that self-reflection because, you know, how we show up as leaders is how is, comes out in the way we lead. Yeah. If we continuously have bad days and we are short and angry and we're just, you know, not pleasant to be around, well, guess what? Our teams are going to feel that. So it starts with us. You know, it doesn't yeah. mean we we have bad days. We have bad days, but own it, and don't let don't let your life be ruined by bad days. Yeah, that's a great point. What I really like about this too is sometimes some of us, I'd say myself included, get in this state of mind that we can just grind and push through it, right? Instead of what I like about this process is being able to recognize that even when things are hard, this gives you a framework to again reflect on what is it exactly reframe that situation and maybe look for the silver lining in it potentially, mm -hmm. and then find solutions to that through help from others. And so, uh, you know, often again, we just want to power through and it will hope that it will change on its own. Right. But I, what I like about this is it attacks the issue or the crisis at the core and gives you that framework for being able to overcome it instead of just crashing your fingers that it goes away. Right. Yeah. And it's so, so important. Another piece, which is comparison. How yeah. often, even as leaders, you know, we hear somebody in our team is going through something and I've had leaders and I've maybe caught myself a time or two, just roll my eyes and go, really, is that really a crisis? Well, to me, it might not be, but to you, it might be. Yeah. But also if we are going through a crisis and you know, if I'm really down, I can't figure out how to navigate, you know, this, maybe something's going on at work or at home, but I look to you, Garrett and say, well, Garrett looks like he's got it all together. Yeah. Now what? Well, what's wrong with me? Why can't mm -hmm. I, why can't I get past it? Yeah. This? Great. And, you know, resilience isn't something that just happens overnight. It's something that, that we have to build a muscle that we have to build. Yeah. We have to be willing to build it. You got to be willing to go to the gym if you want to get fit. I don't like going to the gym. <laughs> um, so I just watch what I eat. Um, but, yeah. but, you know, if you want to build your resilience, you got to start with that self-awareness, the three R's, but also, you know, don't look to others to, to compare your life to or your team to or yourself to your team about what they might be going through. Yeah. Great points. Tim, this has been an awesome conversation. I love this framework and I'm going to go 
see how I can apply and use this now going forward. Cause I think we all need it for sure. So I appreciate you joining and sharing some of your thoughts on this topic of resilience. Again, just to recap those three steps or cornerstones that you talked about of resilience are reflecting, reframing, and reaching out. And again, it doesn't have to be linear, but those are three of the components of becoming more resilient. So I think that there's definitely applications like we talked about today to, you know, as business leaders, as HR or people leaders, how we can apply this and bring this to our teams, help give them this framework so that they can overcome the resilience in their personal lives, which everyone's facing with the craziness going on in the world. And also in their work life, which we're all going to face crises and need some of that additional resilience. So this has been such an awesome conversation. As we wrap up here, I have a question that I want to ask you that's not necessarily related to our topic today, but I'm curious to kind of pick your brain on. You know, there's a few questions that I like to ask all of our guests before we wrap up. And one of them is really about what's something someone can do today and to improve. And I think you've shared some of that. So I want to ask you a slightly different question today than I asked a lot of our guests recently. And that's what's a commonly held belief that you think a lot of small business leaders have, especially related to, you know, the HR or people space that we've talked a lot about that you disagree with. So a commonly held belief that many people have that is something that you passionately disagree with? Oh, I don't think we have enough time. So I'm gonna <laughs> I need to ask this one at the beginning next time. Yeah. Huh? yeah, it'll be a 30 minute conversation. I have seen and I've been part of organizations where HR is just an afterthought. You know, HR is the position you bring in when the company reaches 60 to 100 people. And I fundamentally disagree with that. If we want to build thriving businesses, people build those thriving businesses. How do we best support our people? to grow in their career on the business side, but also on the human side of the business. So if you're looking to grow leaders, who's going to help you? Who's going who's gonna to help build your leadership team? That's where HR comes into play. You know, HR is seen as just often still, this is just administrative overhead, yeah. non-value add, just, it's a, you know, it just takes money out of the business. But man, if you can make that tie to employee engagement, happy employees, you know, as I said at the beginning, for our purpose here at People Manage People is to build a better world of work, happy, healthy, productive people. We have engaged employees who are thriving in their job. They've got, they know what they're responsible for, know what they're accountable for. Man, that's going to lead to productivity. That's going to lead to profits. That's where HR can help. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So, what a great thought because man, I've seen it over and over again, especially again with small businesses. I talked about this a little bit earlier in this show, but I've seen that, you know, chasm, if you will, that business leaders have to cross where at some point early, you know, early in the business, they're hundred percent focused on building the business, but at some point they have to transition from building the business to building the team and the people. And if they don't do that, it's going to limit and stunt their growth. And so seeing, you know, HR and people operations as a strategic function rather than an administrative function. If you can do that earlier on in the life cycle of your business, man, the sky's the limit for what you can accomplish when you help your people to be more yeah. productive, right? And just from a, even if you're just worried about saving cost, it takes somebody hours to even update employee records, automate that. Just get yourself an HRIS. They're not that expensive. Get yourself yep. some systems to support you. So 
less time in administration, more time in, in helping and in, in growing your business. Exactly. Yep. I totally agree. We have one of those. If anyone's looking, come hit me up. So Tim, Love thank it. you again so much for being on the show today. Last question I have for you is if there are listeners who want to get in touch with you, have follow-up questions, what's the best way for them to do that? A best way is through LinkedIn. Just, uh, just head there. I think the link will be in the show notes. Also, you know, would love for you to check out peoplemanagingpeople.com. I've actually written an article on resilience, so you can find that there. I think we'll, we'll put that link in the show notes as well. And lots of supporting content around you know, how to create and build a happy, healthy, and productive workplace. Awesome. We will definitely drop those links in the show notes. So if you're listening, driving somewhere, don't worry about writing anything down. Just go to the show notes, find it afterwards. So Tim, thank you again for taking the time to be with us today and teach us about resilience. Hope you have a great rest of the day. Thanks. You too. And it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often, small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddie. Eddie is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddie, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddie.com today to request a demo.